I keep thinking we have more followers than Ollie, and because we keep getting more and more followers on Twitter, and then I check Ollie's Twitter, and it's it's like he's gained like five hundred. Like we'll gain like two hundred, and he'll gain five hundred at the same time. And I don't understand. This. Ollie Oliver? Yeah. It's got to be just the name. That's all I can think of. It's not. He is an incredibly popular advocate for cyclists in the New York City area. What? You didn't know that? Have I not told this? to you no what i knew he was a, i knew he cycled i know he was an avid yeah cyclist, let me i'm like... trying to find him right now he, here's the other thing he also posts this is very strange because i cannot find him he he posts usually like every 10 minutes i don't know why i can't find him he must be in a movie theater or something is he just <laughs> <laughs> he must be in a movie theater he hasn't posted in, in a 10 minute span in a while, so he must be in a movie theater. Where the hell is he? Why can't I find uh, him? Oh my gosh, that's funny. What's going on? <laughs> Search Twitter. Uh, he, I can't imagine that he'd be in a movie theater because there's no movies about bicycling out right now. Here we go. So check this out. We have currently... 2,475 followers. Thank you all, if you're listening. Yeah, bitch! Do you want to hear how many he has? Yep. 3,249. How? How is that possible? We put out actual, like, an actual product. He's been on the news a few times. He also is a, um, first of all, he's a He's been on the news? Yeah. First of all, he's a very colorful character, right? Uh, We've met. I know. So he does a lot of things, like, he works for a lot of, he volunteers for a lot of bicycling organizations, so, like, they'll give out free lights for your bikes to make you safer, or they'll give out, like bike pumps or they'll do bike checks or they'll have a bike valet for certain events like um like for the 4th of July they'll do a bike valet to encourage I'm sorry. people to... did you say bike valet yeah so they'll put up we've done it before actually we'll put up they'll put up like a lot of bicycle like you know those um those things that the NYPD used to block the sidewalk from going into traffic during like parades and stuff those big long metal guns guns <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, though? Those big. Is that what you're talking about? Those big metal. You know about guns? No, they look like um, headboards of a bed, but they're metal and enormous. Oh, you mean pepper spray? <laughs> anyway, they'll get a bunch of those, and then they'll give like you'll go up and be like, "Hey, I have my bike here," and they'll be like, "No problem. Here's your number," and they give you a little uh, uh, piece of paper with a number on it, and then they take your bike and they lock it to one of those things. It's great, but he does a lot of stuff for that. So, like, you can imagine a guy who is... Wait, so there's no actual ballet involved? Valet. You said valet or ballet? Valet. valet. (laughs) I swear to God. Jesus fucking Christ. See, here's the thing. The problem is in the episode, it's not... This bit's not going to make any sense to anyone because they can hear us both clearly. But to me... I was not hearing valet. I was hearing ballet. And I was like, what are you talking about? Were they just... Curse this social distancing. Oh, my God. I thought it was just people riding bikes in a very elegant, artistic fashion through each other to make intricate patterns and whatever. I just... I was like, is this like synchronized swimming, but with bikes? Anyway, let me get through this. We can't both have these tirade digressions. I did them first. I'm just saying. He So he looks the way he does. He has the personality he has. And he talks to people who like, he does this shit like every weekend or whatever. So like he does all this stuff. And then also on top of that, he is an incredibly staunch advocate 
for bicycle laws and the what's the word the the like regulations that bicyclists are allowed to take advantage of so for example he rides his bike 10 to 15 miles per hour through the middle of the street and does not move to the side for cars why because it's legal and that's what the law says to do and there are like specific reasons that the law says that as well, because if you go too far to the right, there's traffic everywhere and there's parked cars everywhere. Right. And he has been hit by people opening doors sure. from their parked cars. Sure. So the law, the law says because of that, you need to be as far right as you can without being in danger of hitting these cars. But on small city streets, when there's cars parked on both sides of one way streets, you're at risk on both sides. So you should ride down the middle so you don't hit a car. I, I totally understand that. He also videotapes. He has a, a helmet cam. Uh, because he's been hit so many times. So like, that's how he, he makes sure that he's safe. And that like, if something happens to him, people know, but he'll also upload a lot of his things online on Twitter. And there's great video of someone being like, like passing him and yelling out the window, you're blocking traffic and him yelling back. I am traffic. (laughs) Such an interesting, if that's the word I want to use, like, cause to be for i guess i mean whatever man dude i love it well there's a lot of people who get hit by cars and like no one seems to give a shit and there's all these rules and regulations about bicyclists and what they're allowed to do and what they can't do but like they're not gonna kill anyone like no one's gonna die from getting hit by a bike meanwhile most of america like drives around in the the biggest leading non-natural death machines of all time right you know Oh, I agree. No, you're right. A bicycle is a more safe vehicle to to be hit by, I guess. <laughs> um, I, I don't think I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. I I find it. My thing is. Why the fuck are we talking about this this long? I'll tell you why. Because I am nearly certain at some point we're going to bring him on the show and we're going to talk about bicycles. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay, sure. Let's t- let's do that. Let's bring Ollie on for an hour to th- three and a half days and talk about <laughs> bicycles. Let's do that's that's fantastic. Is this how we enter the episode? I think it is, right? I think so. <laughs> it is now. All right. Everybody, I don't like how I said that. Hold on. No. Oh, yeah, everybody. Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and then have another one, because what else are you going to do around here? Uh, my name is Chris Treble. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Say hello, Andrew. Hello. That was that was nice. That Thank was you. That was lovely. So, Andrew, uh, I don't know about you but i'm under quarantine you under quarantine um no but i am socially distancing myself Mm, good choices good choices so with that in mind we find ourselves as many people do in this world at this point with uh some time on our hands not you because you have a kid so you're you're pretty much dead but uh (laughs) for the rest of us we find ourselves with a little more time on our hands than we normally have. And so the question arose, what are we going to do to fill this time? And I thought it was our civic duty, yours and mine, Andrew, to find out 
some of the best stuff that we could watch while in quarantine to keep us our minds off of this this situation this fickle fickle pickle that we found ourselves in copyright chris treble yeah so today we're gonna be talking about some of the uh, the best stuff to watch and binge while in quarantine i've got a few different things i've kind of narrowed down to four movies that i think would be really good but i've also got kind of like when you when we did our last topic episode you had like some honorable mentions and things like that yeah i've got a couple of things that i could kind of toss off real quick um so it's kind of up to you on how you want to do this because i've got some movies and some tv shows and some comics and things like that uh what have you got as far as i have four again and again they are i didn't mean to do this they're all different mediums so okay depending on what you're in the mood for I only have four. I didn't do honorable mentions this time, cool. but uh, actually some of these, I don't think any of these were honorable mentions from the last one, but there were some that there's one in here that was my first choice for the last, like when we did that other one you were talking about. And yeah. then I ended up being like, you know what? I've changed my mind. I don't want to do this one anymore. So now that one has been moved to here. So that'll be fun. Oh, all right. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't you start us off? Give us that one. What do you, what do you got? Sure. So that one is, uh, this is an album actually, and it is Stan Freeberg Presents the History of the United States of America. I don't know if... Are you familiar with Stan Freeberg? <laughs> I, the name sounds familiar, but I don't know that much about him. You got to look his, look him up. If Mel Brooks... Don't tell me what I have to do, okay? <laughs> First of all, don't do that. Secondly, please tell me more. Sure. If Mel Brooks had never been born, we would all know Stan Freeberg instead. Nice. He was raised around the same time as uh, as uh, Mac- Mel Brooks. I almost said Max Brooks <laughs> as Mel Brooks. He, he is. Uh, he's an interesting guy. He's a wild, wild dude. Um, I think he and Mel Brooks were very good friends. I believe Mel Brooks worked on this album, but I couldn't find. I think he was like he sort of like um, ghost wrote a lot of it. Just was like, right. hey, here's some ideas. Try this, but didn't want his name attached to it. It is, so the first, it's in two volumes currently. Volume one is called The Early Years. It was released in 1961. It is a record in the style of the great American musical that comments on the ridiculousness of modern society and like how we view and teach American history under the guise of educating the listener on like the forefathers by way of slapstick humor and like witty wordplay. So all that is to say, it starts with like, um, it starts with Christopher Columbus trying to get a grant from um, Ferdinand and Isabella. And he's like, come on, like, I just uh, I'm trying to, you know, figure out uh, how I can make I, I want to discover discover the new world. And the king is like, I don't know about this. And, you know, he's like, uh, you know, why don't you go to why don't you go to Portugal instead and, and talk to them? And he goes, I did. They bought the prices right. And they go, oh, OK, well, uh, in that case. Uh, let's figure this out. We're going to get you to this place you think you're going to call it America or whatever. Fine. I don't think it exists, but we'll get on a boat and we'll send you there. And the second track is Christopher Columbus on this ship and the king is there. And he's like, you know, your royal majesty, thank you for gracing me with your presence, but I'm not entirely sure why you decided to tag along. And he says, well, my doctor said I should go to Florida for the winter. And uh, there's stuff like when they when the, the <laughs> they discover the Native Americans... And they're like, uh, we want to buy your your island here. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's like, do you think there'd be any room for a parking lot? And the Native Americans are like, you kidding? The whole island is a parking lot. And he's like, yeah, I guess so. And he's like, well, I only have a few doubloons on me. Can you direct me to the nearest bank? And he goes, oh, no, sorry. Banks are closed today. And he goes, really? Why? And he goes, it's Columbus Day. And that track ends with Christopher Columbus going, oh, yeah. Say, so are we going out on that joke 
or and the Native American goes, no, we'll do a reprise of song, but it's not going to help much. That's good. <laughs> and that's, that's that's how it opens. That's the that's first really like good. two tracks of this album. That's amazing. Um, so, and the interesting thing about it too, and the, every time I listen to the album all the way through, I discover new things. There's always a new joke or a new reference that I have missed. It's a million a second. And if you even just blink, if you if you're doing something else while you're listening to it, you're not going to figure it out. You're not going to understand it. Um, it. There are references in. Remember, this is the '60s. This is 1961. There are references to the ridiculousness of McCarthyism. There's politicians pandering to minorities to win votes. There's the, as I mentioned, the discovery of America by Christopher Columbus. There's a ton of crazy stuff in here that like. It is hidden as comedy and slapstick humor, but it is telling the truth about American history. Um, and then uh, Volume 2, which is titled The Middle Years, was originally meant to be released on the Bicentennial, uh, 1976, for anyone listening outside of the uh, the States. But Freeberg spent 20 years trying to get it on Broadway. Wow. Instead. He was trying to turn it into a Broadway musical. The, the show never made its Broadway debut, so the album ended up being released in 1996 instead. And this cast includes David Ogden Steers, Lorenzo Music, Harry Shearer, Tyne Daly, and John Goodman. Um, a third volume was planned, but after the death of Freeberg's wife Donna from lung cancer, the project was shelved. So, Volume 1. This is something I found on Wikipedia from Volume 1 that I love. Admirers of the album have included Steven Spielberg, Richard Dreyfuss, and Paul McCartney. Dr. Demento's listeners have repeatedly voted the United States of America as the greatest comedy album of all time. In 2019, Stan Freeberg Presents the United States of America Volume 1 The Early Years was selected for preservation in the National Recording Registry as, quote, culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress. The first volume is available all over the place, like Spotify, Google Play Music. I can't find Volume 2 for free anywhere, but one is way, 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 way better anyway. I need to go back and re-listen to the second one, but I, the one I mainly listen to is the first volume. And if you really want to, you can buy Volume 2 on Amazon, and we'll probably all still be trapped at home anyway by the time it gets to you. That's true. That's very true. Very cool. That is actually very interesting, and uh, definitely one that I would not have, have thought of. That's awesome. Yeah, you gotta you gotta look it up. It's really really fucking good. Uh, it's really catchy. All the songs are really good, and it's it's very reminiscent of old like Abbott and Costello or like the Three Stooges or like the Marx Brothers. It's very very. Uh, the humor is heavily based in English wit and puns, so it's a good time. Nice. Um, all right. So uh, the first movie that I would recommend to for you to watch while we're in the midst of the coronavirus is Mike Judge's idiocracy from 2006 yeah now this is a movie like i said directed and written by mike judge creator of um beavis and butthead and uh office space and and others and um silicon valley on hbo right now king of the hill as well uh this stars uh luke wilson and uh, maya rudolph dax shepard terry cruz it's got a pretty good cast so what happens is this luke wilson is a private in the army and he's selected to he's selected to be the first guinea pig in this new program where they're going to cryogenically freeze him to see if they can preserve him and then earth him at a later date. But once they put him in the cryogenic chamber, they actually forget about him. He's the complete average Joe. He's a kind of a complete moron, to tell you the truth. But they cryogenically freeze him just to see if they can do it. And so they once they freeze him, the 
whole program gets shut down and the army base closes and they forget about him. And then he's finally accidentally unearthed 500 years later, where this complete idiot is now the smartest man in the world. And uh, the reason that I think this would be a great thing to watch during the coronavirus is there's a fun game that you can play with this, Andrew, is what you'd want to do is you want to watch this movie once a month and you track how fast it goes from a fun comedy about the future to a Ken Burns-like documentary. Oh, God. I'm funny. I haven't seen this in a long time, but this is a really... This is actually one of his best. This was like his um, his movie that he was trying to get off the ground for a, a long, long time. Uh, and I actually really like it. A lot of people don't even know about it, and I think it's one of his hidden gems. But uh, like I said, I think this would be a good one to check out while watching the entire world crumble, it's a good uh, vision into the future. Yeah, I've never seen this. In fact, I'm not even entirely sure I've heard of it. It looks really cool, though. It is. It, it is actually. And the concept's actually really great. It's it's really smart. What else have you got, sir? What have you got? Hang on, I'm still looking at this. It's got <laughs> Terry Crews, Justin Long. Yeah, the cast in this, it's one of those casts that also, like, as it goes on, as time goes on, the cast gets better and better. Maya Rudolph? The, yeah, it's got so many people. It looks like also if... Uh, do you know where people can watch it? Uh, I know you can definitely get it on iTunes. It was on Amazon Prime for a while. It looks like it might be on Hulu. It might be on... I think it is on Hulu, actually. Let me let me see. Hold on. Let me punch up the Hulu. It looks like on Amazon Prime you can rent it. Uh, if you have a... So it's on Cinemax right now. So if you have a Cinemax add-on, you can watch it on Hulu. But it's one of those ones that comes to streaming kind of fairly regularly. It'll pop onto Netflix and then pop off again. Okay. What else is Dax Shepard in? Uh, Dax Shepard? He's in Zathora. I know that. Uh, he was in he was in Chips, the movie adaptation of Chips. He was in Kristen Bell's Vagina. <laughs> so there's that. Jesus. I think that's probably the most famous thing he's been in. Let's see. What else has he been in? Yeah, I don't think I know this guy. Dak Shepard? I know his name. He's one of those guys that he has... He's been in movies and TV shows and he kind of like pops in and out and everything. Huh. Oh, yeah. He was in a show called Bless This Mess that I think is still going on right now on ABC. That's not bad. It's not great. But he kind of... He was in Wet Hot American Summer 10 years later. So there's that. Wow. I do want to watch that, actually. I, I never got around to it. Yeah. But he'll, Dak Shepard is one of those guys. He pops in and out of stuff a lot. Like whoever's vagina. <laughs> yeah. Mainly Kristen Bell's vagina. Great. So my next one is there's this great, great movie that's lesser known. I don't think people will have seen it. It came out in 2008. It's called Pontypool. And we have actually discussed this a couple of times on the show, but not for a very long time. Really? Pontypool is a Canadian zombie movie that takes place I th- uh, almost entirely in a uh, radio recording studio. Yes, we have talked about this. So uh, it's it's about a crew, uh, a ho- radio host and his crew, accidentally being quarantined in their station. And they're trying to figure out what's happening outside by like talking to their their guy in the sky and the chopper, and like he's he you know they they bring in a, like a doctor from outside to report on what's going on and. Um, It's actually based on a book by Tony Burgess, who also wrote the screenplay. Mm. It is on YouTube with French subtitles, and I would recommend watching it in the middle of the night with the lights off while you're quarantined. (laughs) The radio host is played by Stephen McCaddy, who, and I didn't realize this, plays Hollis Mason in the Watchmen movie. That's it. I knew I'd seen his name before. 
Yeah. Is it all in uh is it all in French? No, it's the the YouTube video has French subtitles because it's a Canadian. Oh, movie. it has French subtitles. Right. Sorry, cuz you said Canadian, so I was like yeah, is yeah, it yeah. French? That's Canadian? why I think it has the subtitles. Uh, I will also say about this, there are many twists and turns. If you are a, at all a fan of zombie movies or horror movies or like mental thrillers, like not not necessarily like stuff's not necessarily going to jump out of behind a corner to scare you. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be a big reveal where like the protagonist opens a medicine cabinet and then closes it and there's a ghost behind them or whatever. But it's more of just like absolute suspense and it keeps you on the edge of your seat. And there's a ton of very interesting twists. It does something that sort of flips the zombie narrative on its head and d- takes it in a totally different direction. And I don't want to say what that is because it's kind of a twist in the movie, but it's very interesting. It's never been done before. Right. And uh, I don't think it's been done since. So check that out while you are being quarantined. If you feel like shitting your pants. And I know my son does because he's done it like six times already today. Excellent. And so have I. <laughs> During this episode. So this is this is actually going to be a good one for you, Andrew, because you should settle into this now. I have for you a Disney movie. One of the best things I think you could watch right now while we're all quarantined is the movie Zootopia. Have you ever seen Zootopia? Is it anything like Song of the South? It's exactly like that. Okay, great. In fact, actually, you're not wrong. Here's the thing about Zootopia. So Zootopia, uh, this is one oh, wait, no, that I, I have was seen Zootopia. To... I watched it in theaters. Uh, so you've seen it. <laughs> Yeah, so Zootopia actually won the Oscar for Best Animated Film. It was fine. It's available, of course, on Disney+. Plus. My son started watching this over and over and <laughs> over ad nauseum. I've never, right. to true confession, I've never seen it sitting down and one sitting full through. I've just seen every scene out of order. So I've seen the whole movie over. If I've seen it once, I've seen it a thousand times, Andrew. And here's the thing. The more I watch it, the more I realize this movie gets more prophetic every single year. It is a story. It's a story about racism and classism. And then on top of it, if that already wasn't an allegory for our country, the whole plot is based around a mysterious virus infecting the city and no one knows how it spreads or how to cure it. (laughs) But blueberries are the solution, if I remember correctly. Blueberries are the solution. As always. They're the solution now, and they were the solution then. Okay? And of course, this is available on Disney+. Plus. I actually, this was one of those movies that I was like, Zootopia, come on. And then I started watching it and I was like, holy shit. This thing's brilliant. See, I was actually the opposite. It really goes to show you what expectations do. Right. Because I was like, oh my God, this looks incredible. And I went to see it in theaters and I was like, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, that's the thing. I think if everyone tells you, oh, it's really, really brilliant. And then you go in, you're going to be underwhelmed. But I went in with like figuring it wasn't a Pixar movie, so it wasn't going to be that great. Right. Or that deep. Yeah. And then it really was. That's what every woman on a first date has always said to me. I also, yeah, as long as you go in not expecting Citizen Kane, you'll be fine. I think the longer time goes on, the, the this movie ages better and better because it's just, it's becoming like the new Simpsons of, of a new generation. It's just predicting every world problem that's happening. They're going to think it was a documentary in 20 years. All right. What are you, what, what, what else, what, 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 what else you got? What, what else you got? I just watched, and I was going to say I binge watched it, but it's extremely short. So it's really not a binge watch. I, I think maybe the day before Rowan was born, we watched 
I Am Not Okay With This on Netflix. Mm. Wait, I think I know this. You know what this is? I think I've seen it, but I don't... Um, let me... You keep talking about it and I'll look it up. It's based on a comic by Charles Forsman, and it stars Sophia Lillis, who you may know uh, as Beverly from the It movies. She's the young the young version of the woman. Yes. And also stars Wyatt Olaf, who uh, was in the Imp movies as well. He played Stanley Yuri, And he also plays young Peter Quill in the Guardians movies. Yeah, I know. I, I have seen this. Okay. Have you seen the show? I haven't seen it, seen it. I've seen of it. Got it. It is astonishingly good. The most frustrating thing about it is that it is incredibly convenient. It is seven episodes long, and each episode is like 20 minutes. And it, it's literally like watching a movie. It's like two and a half hours or something. But it's really fucked up and really good. If you're looking for something uh, super crazy, uh, this is what I would recommend. I think it's written or I think it's produced by the same producers as Stranger Things. So it has that kind of feel to it. It's, it's very much about high schoolers who are dealing with something supernatural and also trying to like deal with coming of age and like relationships and stuff like that and finding themselves. But the sort of general plot, it's hard because every episode has like some crazy twist. But the general plot is that there's this young woman. She's in high school. She's a sophomore. Her best friend is a senior in high school. And she's like the most popular kid in school, which is very difficult for her. And she starts to realize she so she has panic attacks sometimes. And she starts to realize that when she has these panic attacks, sometimes things start to happen. Bad things. So like one time she has one in her room. And while she's, like, dealing with this panic attack, a giant crack just goes into her wall. So, like, her wall just, like, splits in half. And she's like, oh, God. And she's like, that was probably a coincidence. And she has to, like, she she moves her um, dresser so that it covers it. Uh, and then there's another time where she does it and her little brother's pet hedgehog dies. And she's like, that was probably a coincidence. There's another time where she does it and, like, her best friend's boyfriend gets a bloody nose while she's, like, focusing on him because she's so mad at him for something. And she's just trying to convince herself that this has nothing to do with her. It's all a coincidence. She's just a normal, regular teenage girl trying to figure out high school. But that's probably not the case. <laughs> Can I just ask you, by the end of it, is she okay with it? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and ruin this for you and say no, she's not. <laughs> what? Oh, man, I did not see that coming. Oh, here's the other thing I'll say. If you start the show, finish it. <laughs> I loved the whole thing, but the last... 10 minutes of this show, even if you hate the first few episodes or whatever, or everything before it, the last 10 minutes of this show will change your mind. It's astonishing. Hmm. 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 Do you hear that? Hmm. That's the sound of America being intrigued by the recommendations of Andrew Dunn. <laughs> also, it is uh, what I would recommend if you're looking for something where people in their 20s play high schoolers. Oh, well, now I'm sold because I had just gotten done with 90210 and Dawson's Creek and the OC. And, <laughs> and Power Rangers. And Power Rangers. So I was looking for another fix on that. So fan that you, you know the guy who played the Blue Ranger Billy was like in his thirties. He looks like he's in his thirties. Yeah, he's like balding. He's yeah, he's he's, he's got a five o'clock shadow. Yeah, he was wearing glasses because he had cataracts. <laughs> what else have you got? I got a two for one special for this next one. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you want something really good to make yourself feel really good during this time of quarantine check out the fire festival documentary oh yeah there are two of them there's one on netflix and there's one on hulu you can watch one 
or watch them both back to back because they're both fantastic. And I got to tell you, Andrew, in this time when everything seems bleak, there is nothing more cathartic when you're than when you're out of work to watch rich people fight for mattresses on a beach. It's just <laughs> chicken soup for the soul. It's so fantastic. This is a story of the Fire Festival. And it is the Fire Festival was supposed to be a music festival that was put on by two guys, one of which was Ja Rule the rapper. That's and right. And the other yeah. one was um I his name is escaping me now, Billy something. I'm gonna look it up right now. But uh the, it was supposed to be like the next Coachella. It was supposed to be it was a <laughs> it was a music festival that was held that was going to be held on a private island that was formerly owned by Pablo Escobar and it was supposed to have it was supposed to have all these big mu- music acts and then you would pay th- hundreds of thousands of dollars to be flown there by private plane and have a luxurious like uh hut to stay in and have this music festival and there would be models around and everything. And they marketed all this on social media on how beautiful and how amazing it was going to be. And then the people who paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to get there got to the island and realized that it was all nothing. It was nothing was there. And it is amazing to watch all of this unfold and go... I can't believe this happened in the modern day. And it is fantastic. It is both just an intriguing watch to watch this thing completely collapse. And also quite true to watch a bunch of rich people go, I didn't know what was going to happen. I can't believe I paid hundreds of thousands of dollars and this is what I got. And it's so wonderful to just watch them just realize they flushed all that money down the toilet. It's so good. So where are the two places that this is the two different ones again? So one is one is on Hulu and one is on Netflix. It's not they are not the same documentary. They are two different Netflix and Hulu made two different documentaries about the same subject. Do you have a preference of which one? Um, you know what? So the one on Netflix is is pretty good. The one on Hulu I would say would edge it out because they have this interview with Billy McFarlane where you just see him kind of laid bare and just he's completely they're like people say you're a compulsive liar and he's like I'm not and they're like uh you said you had 200 million dollar mansions that people could rent for the weekend and yet no one could get to them why is that and then he said this is this is just one thing that he said. So there's plenty of other good content from him. But he said, we kept all the keys to the mansions in a box. And on the day of the, the first day of the festival, the box was lost. And so we couldn't get into the houses because we couldn't find the keys. <laughs> and you see him like make this up. Like you just see him like say this out loud. Like he's trying to get people to believe it. And you see his mind like racing to come up with answers. It is fascinating to watch uh and it's so good so you if we only have the time to watch one you think the hulu one is a better one i'd say the hulu one is a little bit better but they're both great and really honestly if you watch you have the names of them uh i think they're let me see one i think they're both called 
Fire. If you're looking, if you have Netflix but not Hulu, check out Fire, the greatest party that never happened. And uh, if you have Hulu instead, or if you have both, uh, Chris is recommending the Hulu one, which is called Fire Fraud. And that's, of course, Fire is spelled F-Y-R-E. Yes. Yeah. The uh, the Netflix one has different... The only difference, I think, between the two is they get different workers that worked for the festival to be interviewed. So, like, they don't... There's very few that cross over from one to the other. But, yeah, it's really... Oh, it's so fascinating. Uh, I watched, I actually watched the Hulu one the first day of quarantine and you watch it and it's almost like a little microcosm of what was happening and what's happening right now. Cause you watch it and you go, how did they not, how did this not get stopped? Like, how did this get this far so fast? It was really kind of fascinating to watch. Um, all right. What do you got, sir? I have a video game and the video game is called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yes. So I was able to play this game from start to finish. It took me a long time to find the time to do it. But the plot of this game is shortly, maybe like 10 years, probably after Order 66, after Revenge of the Sith, there is a Jedi who has been living on this planet run by the Empire as just like a, like basically garbage collection is what he's doing, like repairing uh, devices and stuff like that. But it turns out that he has snuck under the Empire's radar and has been working for the Empire for like 10 years. And eventually it gets out that there is a Jedi on this planet and the Inquisitors, who are a like, um, they work for the Emperor. Uh, they're like real nasty bad guys. Uh, they come looking for this Jedi. And in this crazy, crazy thing, he, Cal is this Jedi's name. He ends up escaping. He's, he's super young. He probably isn't older or much older than 20. And uh, he ends up escaping. He has a, like, busted up lightsaber. And he ends up meeting a, a couple of people on a mission. Uh, one of them is an ex-Jedi who gave up the ways of the Force. I think her name is Seer or Sire or something. I think it's spelled C-E-R-E. And the other is, like, the ship's pilot who's just been commissioned, like Han Solo was when they uh, in the first Star Wars movie. And uh, they are on a, a mission. And that mission is that there is a device in Star Wars lore, this is something that has always existed, called the Holocron. And the Holocron has the locations of all Force-sensitive people in the entire galaxy. And now there's a race going on. And the race is between this collection of people, these three people who have just found themselves on the ship, and the Empire. What? Because the Empire wants to train them all to be Sith people, right? Like bad guys. And uh, whoever finds it basically is going to win the galaxy, rule the galaxy. Because if the Empire finds it, like Luke Skywalker is not going to be any match for like you know, 400,000, 500 million, however many people there are, Sith uh, with lightsabers just like coming at them. So it is up to them. And uh, it's fun gameplay. Um, there's a bunch of twist endings. The, this is another one that like the last, maybe the last hour of this game is so fucking insane. Uh, I, I gave up a few times. Like I was like, I don't know if this is for me. I don't really like the, the gameplay. It's okay. It's fine. But by the end, I was like totally sold on the characters. There's some crazy shit that happens at the end. The last five minutes is really, really good storytelling and very interesting, but there's also a ton of like cameos that happen throughout the game. The main thing with the gameplay that bugs me is there's no sneaking, which kind of sucks. Like if you see a bunch of stormtroopers up up ahead, you can't like sneak up behind one and like lightsaber them and then hide behind a rock or whatever. You you walk in and all of them go, there he is. And then you just have like melee combat through the whole thing. 
which I definitely prefer sneaking, which is something you can do in like uh, games like The Last of Us and Skyrim. <laughs> I'm just going to can we just take can we just take that phrase and just loop it or just put it on a T-shirt or something that's going to go on your tombstone. Which one? I like sneaking. <laughs> I'm very sneaky. Um because that's one of my favorite things to do in Skyrim is to like sneak around and pick people off with a bow and arrow. Um, and The Last of Us actually encourages it. You have a, there's a button for listening. And if you listen, uh, it lets you sort of see through walls when something makes a sound. So like if a zombie makes a sound, it shows you where that zombie is and you can sneak around doing that. But it's still very good. Uh, if that's not a deal breaker for you, I would recommend picking it up. If it is a deal breaker, you might want to stay away from it because the whole game is just like running in with a lightsaber and hacking stormtroopers up. But it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's really neat. The way you level up as well is there's a, you gain experience and you get skill points. And then those skill points can be placed on a like a skill map. And it's just like a it looks like a like a board game board that if you choose to go to the left, you are leveling up in the force. If you go to the right, you are leveling up in like um, health and strength and stuff like that. So like your health packs will do will provide more life to you. They'll fill your bar up more. Um, you can increase the total amount of your health, stuff like that. And if you go straight forward and up, then you are learning new lightsaber attacks and stuff like that. And like gaining better strength and getting more combos for your lightsaber and stuff like that. And then there are places where those three different sections combine. So for example, between force uh, and lightsaber, you can eventually learn the ability to throw your lightsaber and then use the force to bring it back to you. So stuff like that is a, uh, is a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. Th this is a game that I've been meaning to, to check out in some sort of way. This is, on, is it on both major platforms is both xbox and playstation it's probably on xbox i played it on uh ps4 on playstation but i have no idea what else it's on awesome okay cool it also uh, is very reminiscent the game a lot of the gameplay is very reminiscent of the old pirates of the of uh the Car not the caribbean what the i almost said the pirates of penzance what is the the prince of persia it's one of those puppas it's very it's very reminiscent of the Prince of Persia. I don't know if you ever played that game on the PlayStation 2. I know it, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, of like... the running on the walls and the... Uh, right, there's a lot of that. It's a lot of running on walls? Yeah, and like uh, swinging from things. Who doesn't and, love a good run on a wall? You know, swinging from vine to vine. I like swinging from vines. I like running on walls. I like cutting people down with lightsabers. And there's a lot of really cool force powers, too, that are a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, I've heard that this is actually... It's not just like, I have the force, and you just knock people over with a wave, and then that's that's the limit of it. There's a lot of cool aspects to the force that they've included into the game. Yeah, definitely. All right, I got one more. You ready for it? Oh, yeah. All right, so the last movie that I would recommend watching is Star Trek First Contact. This is a, the second uh, Star Trek movie of the Next Generation cast, okay? Um, I like this. Star Trek is a good is a good thing to to uh, take in during this really chaotic and stressful time because Star Trek is a vision of what I would hope the future will be once all of this gets done and maybe society after all of this will come together and create the type of society that is uh, imbued in Star Trek um, it, it, because it's a hopeful view of society and, and what it'll be like in this utopia where all beings consider each other as equals and they work towards a common cause together in synchronicity and in harmony. And of course, I'm talking about the Borg Collective. Uh, okay. 
I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. You're not laughing at that joke because you don't understand it, but there are Trek fans out there who are on the fucking floor right now. All right? Yeah, I'm sure it was a very funny joke. It was hilarious, okay? It was... I held for laughter, all right? That's how good it was. I don't care that you don't understand it. I know that it's a funny joke, and I had to hold for laughter. They're still laughing out there, Andrew. You can hear them out there. They're rolling in the aisles right now at my Borg joke, okay? That was gold. All I hear is crying. Crying from laughter. Crying from laughter. I killed with that. What is this? What is this about? What is this movie? Anyway, this is so I actually love this movie. If you like I said, I've actually been getting uh, back into Star Trek a little bit again. I grew up watching Star Trek, so I'm like obsessed with it. But I've been getting back into it again because I have the time to binge it right now. And uh, Picard just finished up its first season. And so I was like, oh, this would be good to get back into. And First Contact is like I said, it's the second movie. It's probably the best of the next generation movies and probably one of the best Star Trek movies ever. Uh, and it's about the crew of the enterprise encountering the Borg collective, which is a race of kind of cybernetic beings that it is their goal to assimilate all beings in the universe into their collective. And they travel back in time to earth to stop um, the first launch of a sh- of a spaceship with warp drive which then gets the attention of outer planet beings which brings them to earth which brings them into the federation of planets and so it starts off basically the whole timeline of star trek kind of launches at this moment and the borg have gone back to stop it and so they have to go back in time as well so there's time travel there's aliens there's Patrick Stewart, there's James Cromwell. What else do you need from me? What else do you want from my life here? Is it any good? It's great. It's fantastic. I love this movie, actually. It's really, it's really good. Is, is this like like a diplomatic immunity ambassadorship movie, or is it more like a good movie like Star Wars? It's a little bit of both. There is a, there is a good bit of action in it, I will say. There's a good bit of action in it. There's a little bit of the, you know, like Star Trek does, the pondering of humanity and things like that. But there is also a lot of action in it. So it's definitely worth taking a look at. Near the end, I saw five lights. What was that? That was Picard when he's being tortured. And then he's like, there are four lights. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. And then at the very end, he gives this monologue where he's like, at the very end, I nearly snapped. At the end, I saw five lights. Wow. I didn't think you knew that. You should have. I've put it into the show before. That's pretty good. I don't remember what episode, but there's one where I reference that episode and then I put him screaming, there are four lights in the episode. Oh, that was back before I was actually listening. So it doesn't count. So you'll have to do it again. <laughs> I'm not doing it again. All right, fine. Um, it's available on Amazon Prime. I would def- definitely recommend it. Or if you don't want to do that, this is the other thing I've been doing. CBS All Access, you can actually get two months for free and you can watch all of Star Trek Discovery, which is great. It's really good. And it's like a J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. Uh, almost every episode, especially the second season, it starts to really take off. Uh, pun 
Not intended. Pun intended. I'm going to stick with it. The cast of that show is incredible. It's really incredible. And the show's really, really, really good. It's got Tig Notaro, Doug Jones. Tig Notaro comes in the second season. So if you're, lo- if you're watching for her, you got to get through the first one. Doug Jones is fantastic in it. Michelle, what's her name? You from Crouching Tiger. She plays kind of two different roles. It's actually really great. Oh, yeah. But I've been that's what I've been binging now. And then Picard is another series on CBS All Access where where Patrick Stewart comes back and plays Jean-Luc Picard after retirement and has it's one of those like he's got one more mission in him type of thing and it it's that's really good that just finished up its first season I gotta make my way through that whole thing I wonder how many times Doug Jones has spoken in film in television not many actually because I I just IMDb'd him he was in Hocus Pocus he didn't speak in that. He was in Batman Returns. He didn't speak in that. He was in uh, Lady in the Water. No, Lady Lady in the Water. What the fuck? What's the other one where he plays the Guillermo? Sex with a Fish. Sex with a Fish. Yeah, he's in Sex with a Fish. He doesn't speak in that. He's in Hellboy. He talks in the sequel. Who? In Hellboy? Yeah. Or in Sex with a Fish? (laughs) The sequel. He talks in Hellboy 2. Because the first one is um, David Hyde Pierce. Yes. Which I think originally it was supposed to be him and then they dubbed him over. Yeah. I also think, let me see if I can find, I think he speaks in a very bad movie that I've never seen that is based on one of my favorite books of all time called John Dies at the End. And I think he's in that and I think he just plays like a regular dude. Yeah. So he he talks in that. He's in Pan's Labyrinth. Does he speak in that? I think he speaks in well, that. Well, it's all in Spanish, so I don't think so. Oh, it is all in Spanish. I forgot about that. He was required to learn large amounts of dialogue in Spanish, although ultimately his voice was redubbed by Pablo Aiden. Got it. Okay, cool. They probably, I mean, they probably have to have him at least kind of speak his lines because they have to get... The mouth movements. The mouth movement, but also the timing of his gestures with the lines so that... The, you know what I mean? The guy's not just like ADRing to nothing, to, to just weird gestures all the time. What we do in shadows. He's in the show, what we do in, what we do in the shadows. So I'm pretty sure he speaks in that. All right. So those are things that Doug Jones speaks in. Good content. Anyway, Star Trek, first contract. Contact Amazon Prime. Check it out. It's one of the better Star Trek movies. I you want to go on to reading assignments? Is there any are there any other pressing ones that you want to go on to that, that you want to mention before we move on? Yeah, actually there there are there are some things we got to bring up. So I put it out on uh, Facebook and Twitter and I want to see what everyone else said. Okay. Uh, on Twitter we got one response from somebody who said uh, a good book uh, it was uh, Matthew De Silva uh, at Matt De Silva. Matt De Silva said a good book I read last year is Bunny by Mona Awad, uh, and a good Netflix movie is Alex Garland's Annihilation. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I've heard good things about Annihilation. Yeah, me too. I've heard really good things about it. And uh, let's see if we have time to read all this. Uh, I put it out on Facebook and got way, way more responses than I thought I was going to get. So uh, let's see. Paul says Ozark. Anthony says Tiger King, which we were talking about, I think, last episode. Yes. Um, Melinda says uh, Animal Crossing, which just came out. I have no interest in that. Let's see. We've got uh, two two different people recommend Shit's Creek. Yeah, I've seen the first episode of that. That's great. A friend of mine recommends The Good Place. 
Someone says Carnival Row. I've never heard of that. Uh, two people. So we got two recommendations for that. Someone recommended Trashy Romance. And I asked, is this a show or a genre? And they said the whole book genre. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who said that? It's Eva. Eva said that. Excellent. Thanks, Eva. So Haven on Netflix, a little bit cop show, a little bit soap opera, a little bit supernatural. It's not bad. Someone re- recommended Lock and Key so we can actually find out if it exists or not. Someone did recommend Lock and Key. Yeah. So that's good. Have you ever watched The Magicians? We got two recommendations for The Magicians. Gideon the Ninth. It's a book about queer sword necromancers in a haunted house mystery in space. I saw that. And it's the best. I like this one. Uh, Emily Rose Pratt said, watch your baby. Yeah, I was getting to that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good recommendation. You know what? I, I've seen that one. Uh, I'm going to try to find something else that I haven't watched already. Yeah, I would. You probably, if, when it comes to your baby, if you've seen one, you've seen them all, you know? <laughs> Shannara Chronicles, I don't know, 30 something books. I don't know about that. Dark Tower series, Outsider, West Wing evidently is on Netflix. It is. And uh, Melinda recommended Cats the Movie. Uh, and she was like, with buttholes or without? No, if uh, if it, if there are no buttholes, I'm not watching it. Yeah, there may be a butthole cut, which is not a sentence I've ever wanted to say, uh, of the Cats movie where uh, there are buttholes in, in their butts. You know what else? Actually, this is a good recommendation to watch while you're quarantined. Pornhub has released their premium. I'm not going to do it again. Christ. Sorry, I just really wanted to. Uh, but let's do it. Let's move on to reading assignments. Let's let's do this and get out of here. Please. You have you have sleep not to get. Yeah, right. Uh, so, Andrew, I gave you a reading assignment way back while you were still not a parent. And somehow you still read it, which I can only assume means you're an absentee father. <laughs> I read a lot of it last night. Okay, great. Or, sorry, I read a lot of it today. Cool. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Tell the good folks what I gave you to read. My God, what a series uh, of issues. I don't even know what to call this yet, but, like, what a story arc. It's Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen by Matt Fraction, and it is such a fucking wild ride. It isn't, isn't it crazy? <laughs> it's so insane. Like, I'm so glad, because I was, I was a little worried... Because Matt Fraction, like a lot of Matt Fraction's recent stuff, people really, really like, but it's just not for me. Like I tried getting into right. um, Sex Criminals. I really tried. Right. I read the first two volumes, the first two trade paperbacks, and I just can't get into it. I don't like it very much. And it's got, it's it's fine, but it's missing a lot of the stuff that I like about Matt Fraction's writing from previous stuff, like his Hawkeye run. Uh, and he did, um, I think it was invincible Iron Man. I forget which one, but he yes. did a, an Iron Man series called the five nightmares. And this is like the stuff that I liked of his before sex criminals on fucking crack cocaine. It's in nuts. It's just nuts. I don't even know where to begin with it. It's hard to give a plot line of this story. I, yeah. Like I'm just going through it right now. Like I'm looking through the, the issues and stuff. And I just, right. there's, it, uh, so like it, it follows Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, who, if you do not know, is uh, just another guy who works at the, the Daily Bugle with Clark Kent and um, Lois Lane. Daily Planet. You're gonna get fucking tweets about that. What did I say? You gotta be careful with that shit, man. What did I say? Daily Bugle. You said Daily Bugle. Who gives a shit? He works at the Daily Planet. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. You know what's funny about that? While I was saying it, I was like. Don't say Weekly Planet. Don't say Weekly Planet. Don't say Weekly Planet. <laughs> <laughs> Which for anyone yeah. who doesn't know is a, a an Australian nerd podcast. 
Um, yeah, he works at the Daily. He's the photographer at the Daily Planet. And uh, yeah, he's just sort of always been in the background, if I know correctly. I mean, you're more the DC guy, but for the most part, with some exceptions, he is mostly a background character, sort of there for some slapstick, like sort of what, what Robin gives to the old Batman and Robin uh, comics of like, hey there, it's your buddy Jimmy. And this comic series reads like, it reads like Archie meets, uh, God, what else? Uh, I, I had two in mind while I was reading. Crack cocaine. Yeah, maybe crack cocaine. It, but like, also like old noir, but also like, it's like a mix between Archie comics, um, gross point blank and... Uh, yeah, crack cocaine. <laughs> like I don't know how else to describe it. It's so strange. No, that's it's that's a very apt description. I didn't even think of the gross point blank uh, angle, but now that you say it, I'm like, yeah, that actually works. It's, it's really so really fucking well. funny. I spent last night reading one of the issues and just holding my mouth or holding my my hand over my mouth, trying not to wake my sleeping baby and my sleeping fiance because it's so goddamn funny. It's so funny. And it takes you, when I first started reading the first issue, it took me a minute to figure out how funny it was. Yeah. Because you don't go into it thinking that it's going to be like, and because some of the the laughs, like there's those long introductory panels that you look at and you're like, oh God, this is going to be just so long and boring. Yes. And yeah, well, yeah, the first page, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And then once you get to, once you re- realize the tone and you're like, oh, I got to read every word of this because this is, there's so much right. jokes within a joke within a joke. See, for me, it's the opposite. Like, eventually I was like, oh, I can kind of skim this. Like, it's it's just old timey. Like, the, the stuff that is really long is just like... It takes place in the 1800s, so it has to be like, you know, my dearest Hannah, right. it has come to my attention that the the latest of the, blah, 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 you know, and it just reads like that. And you're like, oh, okay, I get the gist of this. And you can kind of skip it. Like, it's just setting up who these people are. Read the names, read who they are. And then you're like, okay, I got this. And then you can move on to the good stuff, which is just like, like, I don't want to spoil anything yet because I do want to, I want to encourage people to read this. It's only, It's still going. It's nine issues in. Uh, you can find it on getcomics.info for free if you want to. It's such a wild ride. It's very, very fast. It's such a quick read. Yeah, it is. It it is a really, really quick, quick read. And uh, no, the the long parts I was talking about is like the first introduction. That they have that big introduction panel to every like storyline that they do where it's like dear reader blah 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 blah. right and the first time i saw saw one of those i was like holy shit this is gonna be one of these that's what i'm saying that's what i mean by the first the first page is introducing his like great 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 grandfather yeah and it's like he's a diamond miner from i'm like i don't give a shit and then you realize (laughs) the tone of it and you're like oh they're doing that on purpose that's the right that's the thing of it and well a lot of it even with that tone a lot of it is not skippable but skimmable. skimmable. Like, there are yeah, some absolutely. of them that are, like, there are some where, like, there's a character who isn't, like, this is a different thing. It's not those, like, introduction things. But I just got to a part where, like, Jimmy Olsen is a child, like, it's a flashback, and he's, his father's talking to him. And I looked, and I was like, oh, God, there's these long-ass 
like text bubbles. There's a million of them and they're so long. And then when I looked at it, it was like, oh no, he's not listening to his dad. So it's just random syllables. So I don't have to read this. It's really great. Yeah, it does. The pace of it is so quick. It's really unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and the the plot, it's one of those things where like, it's hard to describe the plot because there's so many threads going on, but he is now in the later issues starting to bring them back around and tie them together. Yes. That you go, oh, there is, it, it's funny because the one thing that I actually thought of comparing this to is, is Catch-22, the book. Oh. Because the book Catch-22 is the same set of events, yeah. but it's told through different perspectives. You're not actually moving a forward linear plot line. You're just he, seeing these things in all these these random events being told from different perspectives and so the first like i would say five to six issues are all these different plot lines and you're like these are just weird almost unconnected things and then in the next couple of issues he's now starting to bring all these things back around again and starting to include them and tie them into each other and connect it all into like one i'm interested to see how this ends because i'm like how is he going to bring this all back around. That's a great point because so we were just talking about how you can kind of just let this go in the background while you're reading it and just be like, oh, that's funny. Right. But it's not dumb. No, you not really at all. have to pay attention. You can read it quick, but like the first couple issues, like like you mentioned, for me, uh, it was really hard to keep track of what was going on, who the characters are, what time, what point in time is this? I thought this already happened. Isn't this guy dead? And then I'm like, oh, okay, it's different timelines. And by the time you figure out what's happening, Matt Fraction does a great job of, at that exact moment, starting to connect the dots for you. Yes. And being like, not only are you understanding the timeline of this, but here's how they're connected. And, like, you have to really pay attention to, like, figure out what's going on and where the clues are and uh, and how they're telling the story to you. Yeah, this is one of the first storylines that, in a long time, that I've, I'm reading as it's coming out. And I'm... I'm very interested to see how it ends but at the same time as soon as the last issue comes out and i read it i cannot wait to go back directly to the starting blocks and and reread and reread it all now in full like in one long arc and really kind of see those threads being laid even more and and now knowing how they're going to come around how they actually connect being able to really take it in even deeper so i'm uh I mean, you recommended this to me, so I'm sure you recommend it in general. Yeah. I do as well. And knowing that we do not know how it ends yet, I don't, do we even know how many issues there are going to be? I think it's 12. I think it's a 12-issue series. So there's there's not a lot that they can fuck up from now, but like I am preemptively giving this like a 10 out of 10. Yeah. It is so much fun. It's so good. Yeah, good. I was really interested. This was either going to be one of those ones that I knew I was like, he's going to be like, I love this. Or what the fuck did you give me? Because it's one of the those... thing I was planning to say to you as soon as we got on this episode was I have no idea what's going on in this and I fucking love, love it. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 100 percent true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so definitely check that out. All right. So let's bring in some spoilers for this because I, I cannot leave without talking to you about specific things that happen in this comic. OK, let's do it. What the fuck is up with that blood vomiting cat? Uh... <laughs> I don't know, but the first time that cat appeared, I was like, that's tremendous. That just whole bit of the blood vomiting cat. Because I love that they launched the kind of, they kind of launched the first issue with that. I know it has the, the grandfather first, but like, that's pretty, that's pretty ballsy of like issue one of 12 blood vomiting cat. And like Jimmy Olsen 
waking up in bed with her. It's it's just nuts. I, I just I have no idea what's going on with that. It's just so good. Oh man. Well, here's the other thing. When you look up, let me see if I can find what I searched. What did I search? Like red vomit. Blood vomiting cat. Cat. I probably started with DC. DC red vomit cat. And let me see what came up. The first thing that comes up. Oh, oh, Jesus. The first thing that comes up is why is my cat's vomit red? That's not what I wanted to look up. DC comics. First thing that comes up is Green Lantern Wiki. Dex Star, who is a red lantern. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, you're not going to get much answers. I'm not sh- entirely sure how much Matt Fraction, how many characters Matt Fraction has made up originally or how many he's pulling from various But here's eras. the thing. I think that's who this is. I think that's who this character is. So there's a cat that is like a blue cat named Dex Star, who was a Red Lantern. Because he's a Red Lantern, let me see if I can, I can find, I read a thing about it that was like, Oh yeah, uh, the the so because he is a Red Lantern. Okay, yeah, here it is. Someone asks. Uh, this is this is on Reddit. Someone says, "Is that cat Dex Star? The vomiting red stuff makes me think yes." And he says, "Yep, it's Dex. He was name dropped in an earlier synopsis about showing up in the title. It's he's he's a lantern. <laughs> That's amazing. That's." fantastic and it's, it's it's there's something about like because you have the red because you're chosen by the red lantern ring the rage inside you causes you to like vomit up red plasma or something i i read something like that online oh so this is this cat <laughs> that was gifted to him by batman is a lantern the whole batman can we just talk about the whole batman prank war for a second. Can we? Oh my gosh. Holy shit. I actually, before we do that, I wanted to, I want to preface it with my favorite moment of this comic so far is Timmy Olsen, content creator, and him having to like explain himself to Lois Lane. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't know. I can't stop. I saved, I saved two different, um, panels because i was laughing so hard at them one of them let me look them up one of them is when he's like these thugs try to fight jimmy olsen and on the street and the first thing he does is throws the cat at them but he's got the cat on a leash so he throws the cat at one of them the cat like like scratches out the guy's eyes and then jimmy olsen throws a punch at the other guy but he's still holding the cat's leash so the cat is like spewing vomit and flying around the sidewalk because jimmy olsen is punching this guy while holding like he's punching him with the hand that is holding the leash to this cat and it's such a good image and the other the other screenshot i have is batman and jimmy olsen's gotham apartment saying um I'm trying to figure out who's killing you, but I don't think I can while you're here. I need you to get out of here. In fact, I... Is that my tire? (laughs) (laughs) And I nearly died when I read that. What's the one... There's the one panel where... There's just the one panel where Batman puts on, like, a... The old, like, arrow through the head thing. (laughs) And says, I'm very funny. And he's he's just like, I'm Batman. Um, uh, So good. So that that panel like is embedded in my brain when he's just like I'm very funny. I can't with this. I don't I it's it's taking the thing that is so astonishing about this is how many liberties they're letting Matt Fraction take. 
Like, yeah. how in the world are they letting him get away with this? Because I think it, they're just like, just go do whatever. This is going to live completely outside of any continuity or anything. It's just itself. Just go do whatever it's you want. It's so incredible. And I have to say as well, since we're in spoilers, yeah. I've been trying to figure out who the murderer is, and I've been running all over the place. And I like that it's sort of the obvious choice. Because you said you read the most recent one, right? Uh, yeah. So you know who, who it, as of now, it looks like it is. It's the, um, shit. It's funny because I did just read it and now I've forgotten who it is. It's the last line in the comic. By the way, can we just note that he, in the last issue, (laughs) he goes to casino night. He takes off the wetsuit and has the tuxedo underneath. And then he takes off the tuxedo and has a wetsuit underneath. (laughs) I didn't even notice that. Yeah, this is going to be another one of those things. Oh, that's right. It's his brother. Yes. Yeah, it's his brother. That's right. This is, oh, my gosh. That's Which right. was yes. super obvious because it's like the, one of the first things you see is him like shoving him around. And then he's talking throughout the, the series of like, I've never seen him like that. I don't know what it's about. So it's super obvious. But that also it, like making it the obvious choice isn't always a bad thing because I was like, OK, that's that's a smoke screen. Right. So I'm like, it's really going to be Lex Luthor. And then eventually I start wondering, like, is it his sister? Because there are weird things that happen in this last comic as well, <clears throat> where um, I'm trying to remember what she says to him. But they're, they're very small things where she says something like, you know, uh, oh, no. Oh, like her car is in the shop and, and it's like, oh, the engine just disappeared. And I'm like. Did she just fucking rip a part out of her the under the hood of her car so that they can't get out like, you know, so that she can end up killing him. Right. And so, yeah, that like they do a really good job of making it so that it really could be anyone. And you trust Matt Fraction enough to know that, like, it could be anything like it could be obvi- the obvious choice. It could not be the obvious choice. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 honestly, for the longest time, I was like, you know what? I bet it's going to be someone completely unrelated that's just going to come in at the last minute. Like, right, sure. You know what I mean? It could be really anyone because the tone of this story would allow that to happen. Did you catch as well that uh, Timmy Olsen is responsible for killing Robin? No, what? This is what I mean. Like, certain things go by. That's one of there's my so favorite much, bits. There's so much packed into it. Like, you could laugh at a joke and then... It's make- a single panel, yeah. So, like, there's there's a page where he's telling Lois Lane about all the stuff he did as Timmy Olsen, as the content creator. And he's like, oh, yeah. I sent a, a revolving door to Arkham because I thought it was funny. And one of them is uh, him saying, like... <laughs> All right, readers, call this number if you want Robin to die and call this number if you want I him to live. That. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like he physically. Yes, I, I remember that. That was really. No, it was so funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. The worst part of it, too, is like I was reading it after, you know, like we were in the hospital in recovery and waiting for Rowan to get out of the NICU and stuff like that. And I was sitting there just like giggling to myself. And uh, Melinda kept being like, oh, what are you reading? What's funny? And I tried to explain it to her. And I just, it's not funny unless you read it yourself. It's also like, she's like, oh, what are you reading? And you can't just, she's going to look at you out if you're like, oh, I'm reading Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, right. (laughs) There's this great new Jimmy Olsen comic that's out. I can't recommend it enough to people. It's so fucking, I can't wait to see how it ends. Especially if there are three issues left, it might not end up being his brother. Maybe Lex Luthor is lying to him. Yeah, it could be. That's what I mean. It still could be anything. Cool. Uh, do you, uh, you have been very busy. So if you don't, it's totally fine. Do you have a reading assignment for me? It's kind of a cop out, but you have not seen, uh, I am not okay with this, right? I have not. 
No, I have not seen I Am Not Okay With This. Give that a watch. It'll take you two and a half hours and we can talk about it on the show. Fantastic. I will absolutely do that. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it last episode, so it's that's actually a good one to do because you, you highly recommend it and I it sounded intriguing to me. Cool. All right. Well, that is it, sir. That is all we've got. So yeah. there you go. One more thing to occupy a little bit more time where we're all sitting around either doing absolutely nothing or telecommuting to work or trying to have your kid log on to school or just wasting away staring into the void all right or watching Pornhub there you, yeah I mean take a break from Pornhub so you don't chafe yeah you gotta hydrate listen to this and then get back to it all right because there's a lot of content on that thing and you have to watch all of it before they take away the 30 days and you gotta thank them did you know chris that they sent fifty thousand masks to new york city healthcare providers Fifty thousand masks to new york city hospitals well just doing the lord's work over there at pornhub.com yeah i heard they're gonna send fifty thousand used tissues as well but we'll see oh doctor that's it uh let's get out of here because this has been going on long enough uh oh hey andrew yep hey andrew yep hey andrew yep hey andrew yep where can they find us? They can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, and SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. You can listen to us on all of those platforms. You can also find us on Twitter, where our handle is at Media Lunch Break. You can go give us a visit at Facebook.com if you've ever heard of that before. I know you're not doing anything else, so you might as well be social networking. We're also on Instagram. We're on YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break. We're on Patreon.com slash The Media Lunch Break, where you can go to help support us and keep the lights on. I think we're done with the um, promotion for the mystery boxes, but we're going to have new promotions coming up soon you can also send us an email at the media lunch break at gmail.com you can go to our website which is www.themedialunchbreak.com rate and review us on itunes soundcloud or youtube give us a thumbs up on all our youtube videos give us a subscribe give us a rating and a review on itunes and soundcloud it helps out a ton it does it actually really helps out a lot so and it's it, that's something that's absolutely free for you to do so feel free yeah please it's free and you got nothing else going on get off a of porn hub for five seconds and give us a review. And make it a five star because we're the ones who told you about the Pornhub thing. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know about Pornhub before us. In fact, if you found out about the Pornhub thing and actually started using it because of this podcast, give us a five star review and in the review, tell us that you that we told you about the Pornhub thing. Or tell us if you found the love of your life on, what, what is that, onlyfarmers.com or whatever the fuck that was. Yep, that's the one. And also, last but not least, thank you to Julie, who is our favorite patron. Thank you, Julie. Oh, actually, also, I wanted to say this when we got done with reading assignments um, on the social medias. If you have any suggestions for us for reading assignments, I put this out there on Facebook a little while back. If you have any recommendations on what Andrew and I should be reading, uh, you want us to assign each other something, uh, something that neither of us have read, and we'll assign it for both of us, and we'll both review it. Put it out there on Twitter. Put it out there on Facebook. Do whatever you want to do. But uh, recommend something to us. We're always looking for reading assignments, and uh, we're always willing to look into something new. So it can be a comic. It can be a movie. It can be a TV show. It can be a podcast. It can be whatever. Give us a, give us a shout-out. Let us know what you think we should check out next. Cool. And I, I think at some point soon, I might try to reread Saga 
And we should try to do an episode on Saga again. Yeah, we should do, uh, do an episode on Saga. I, I should give it a reread. I've read, I've, I've caught up with it fairly recently, so I kind of remember it all, but it wouldn't be bad to brush up on it. All right. All right. Nice. All right, sir. That is it. There we go. Uh, hmm, I'm not sure. Hold on a second. Shut up, Alexa. Sorry, my Alexa started talking to us. Does that work? Does that work to say shut up, Alexa? Sorry, I'm not sure. Alexa, I am not talking to you. We, you know why. You know what you did. Leave me alone. Jesus Christ, this lady. Sorry, I, I swear to God, Alexa, I will come over there and I will unplug you. Is that what you want? Say it again. Say another word again. I dare you. She get off with this shit. I mean, honestly, I'm in the middle of something right here. Jeez. Did that work? Uh, does it work? I've been fighting with it. For the last 30 seconds, of course it doesn't work. <laughs> no, did that work? Shutting it off. Oh, did it work? Yeah, she seems to know her place now. And that's not sexist, because she's not real. Okay? Calm down. She's also not a she. I, I've heard her voice. It's a she. Although people think that about me. Okay, fair enough. It could be a he. They. It? I don't know. It. It's a fucking machine. Not a fucking machine. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. I've found some very creative uses for it. Pornhub.com.